Hi guys, my name is Tashoy. And my name is Natasha. And welcome, welcome to, to His Word. word. Yeah. We are here to bring you His Word through testimonies. And His Word is here to encourage, uplift, inspire, help, believe, and to trust. So what is a testimony, you may ask? I'll let you know. A testimony is a testament of what God is doing in your life. It is powerful to share your testimony and it will help other people who are going through the exact same thing. So guys, please remember to hear his word, speak his word, and share his word. His His word word is God's God's word. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode on Testimony Tuesdays. You are listening to Natasha Brown today and I am your host. Um, This is episode six. I am proud to announce that this episode is called My Pain. Now this is such a powerful episode, like the entire time I literally felt the pain of this guest and it was just amazing to see that regardless of everything that he went through, God was always there with him and and it's so important that when you're going through any kind of pain, you need to remember who you are in Christ and who God called you to be. Our anchor scripture for this episode is Revelations chapter 1 verse 8 and it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is such a powerful scripture because at the end of the day, God will never change. He will always be who he said he was. Like he is that of integrity. You know, he's faithful, he's loving, he's kind. He will never change. So even when you're going through your pain, remember everything in which he told you and stand on his word. He told you that he will take you out of Egypt and he will and he did you know? So it's just amazing to see that this episode really allowed me personally to reflect on my life and my own pain and how I saw my pain as bigger than God, really. And I feel like a lot of us do that. We see our pain, we see our suffering as bigger than God. But when you are so rooted in Christ, when you stand on his word, you remember you remember that as he was able to do everything that he's done already, you know, he will do it again. A lot of us as Christians, or just a lot of us in general, like, we reflect the people who came out of Egypt. And I I don't know why this story is just so important to me, but it's the whole story about when Moses took the people out of Egypt. And it's just amazing. Like, I'm reading this story um, in this season, and I'm learning that regardless of what God did, regardless of the things in which God showed these people, they still complained, they still murmured, they still didn't believe in the power of God. And what's just really interesting is, it must be frustrating for God, like having to prove himself every single time. Like these people would complain about food, but I read last week that, you know, they had enough to eat they had enough to drink so why are they complaining about food and it's just something about human nature and I feel like it's really important for us to exercise this thing where we just are grateful like be grateful like I try and look at everything in my life and I look at you know I don't have to have this but I have this because my God is a wonderful God like just being able to appreciate the things in which we have in our lives because then it allows us to 
see that, you know, if we're going through something, you know, God will take us out of it because he did before and he will again. Like, it may not look like it right now, but he will. And this story um, in which you will hear in a moment allows us to see also that even in our midst of struggle, we may think that we are alone, but we aren't. We are never alone. And just to give you like a personal story, like I recently moved out and now I have like my own place. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's amazing having like your own place and everything else. But sometimes it can get a bit lonely. But then I realised that this is where I need to be. And I'm not lonely. It's a quiet time, but it's not a lonely time. And that is what we need to remember. Just because things may not be as loud as we expect them to be or just because sometimes we we can't hear anything it doesn't mean that God isn't speaking and that is what I learned in this time that God is always with me he doesn't have to say anything I just I need to be I just need to have the comfort of knowing that you know he is here with me and I just need to continue to pray that, you know, God, anything that's in my life that's too loud for me, please remove anything that's not of you. Dim the voice of the enemy in my mind and make your voice a lot louder. So that is my prayer in this season. And I pray that anybody who's playing this episode right now, that you'll be able to understand the pain in which this guest went through and the fact that God was always with him the entire time. So our guest today is Kevin Green and he's here to tell us about his testimony. So Kevin, please bless us with your testimony. What has God done for you in this season? Um, my name is Kevin, Kevin Green. I'm 23 years old and I'm in the UK. When I was uh, around five, my mum was sent back to Jamaica. So I had a really close family friend. I used to go to her house every weekend. Um, me and her son were like inseparable. You know how sometimes we call him auntie, but she's not my auntie. We're not related anyway, but she's my auntie. At the time she was anyways. <clears throat> so when my mom got sent back, originally I was staying with my sisters and uh, they couldn't look after me anymore because one was like 12 and another one had just had a son. So she couldn't look after me and him at the same time. So I went to stay with her. Everything was great up until like the one and a half year mark. And then all of a sudden she just became a different person. I don't know if it was something that was going on in her life or not, but she started to physically abuse me. And she used to just lash out all the time. She'd even do it to her sons as well. But to me, it was on a different level. She'd hit me, she'd punch me. I think the worst experience I remember is I was in the shower, not even the shower, the bath. And then I got curious. So I stood up on the ledge and I was looking at the window. And then she must have like saw what I was doing. She got angry at me. She shouted at me, she pulled me down, and she took the soap, a bar of soap, and she shoved it in my mouth. That day, I, 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 didn't, I don't think I registered what happened at the time, but um, from then on, it only just got worse. It only got worse. And the pinnacle of it is where it was near Christmas. I'm not sure the exact date, but um, I can't even remember what happened fully, but we got into an altercation, and then she hit me and she kicked me out. And all I remember is finding a way to my sister's house my older sister's house. And from that point, I, I stayed with her for maybe a year. And that was when I started going to church. At that time, going to church, I didn't really, they, they told me who Jesus was and all that stuff, but I wasn't really into it. I remember I got baptized, but again, I still didn't really have an understanding of what it was. I just got baptized because I saw that my sister was getting baptized and I was like, oh, I want that. <laughs> that looks good. I want it. And yeah, um, so I, I stayed with my older sister for about a year. But then, like I said, she has a son. 
so she couldn't look after us. So I ended up staying with my second oldest sister. And from then on, everything looked like it was going to be better. But I was in the care system at this point because of, of everything that had happened. My previous person I was staying with. And I was doing great in school. But at the same time, I, I was going through a lot of hardship. Like that's when all the emotions and feeling abandoned and all this type of feelings were in my heart because I went through all this abuse and I never told my sisters. I told them last year. So I never told them anything and it was all in my heart. I, I kind of just tried to shove it down and go along with things. I remember always something my um, my PA, which is like your personal advisor for when you're in the care system, he always says to me, I don't know how you do it, Kevin. All these other kids, they're lashing out, they're going out there and they're doing all kinds of craziness. And I would be sitting there thinking like, you don't know. <laughs> like I'm not doing any of that, that stuff, but I'm I'm in so much pain and I can't let it out. And so what the way I used to let my pain out was through sports and then my education. So in school, I did really well. I finished uh, GCSEs um, with A's and B's pretty much. And then uh, I went to college. I finished college and my dream, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to uni. I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to start my own family for myself. Since I never spoke to them and I never gave them a chance to explain what was happening, I just assumed that they didn't really care about me like that, even though I was staying with my sister. I just, that's how I felt inside. So I was like to myself, when I get my degree, I'm going to get myself a job and then I'm going to start my own family and they're going to love me. That's how I felt. And um, it wasn't until I got to uni and then uh, I didn't realise that this whole time that I was in this country, I was not even legal. <laughs> I wasn't legal. So I think the first time I found out about it is when I was in year, year 10 or 11, when everyone else went to a France trip and then I wanted to go. And then I think someone must have called home and then they rang and told me, no, you can't go. And I got home and then, obviously explained to me, look, yeah, you can't go anywhere else, you're not coming back. So at that point, I remember applying for a, a biometric and I got it, but it's on a two-year basis. So I went to uni. This was in the first year of getting the biometric. Went to uni now and then I even, I remember I even uh, messaged uh, student finance and asked them, can I get student finance? Can I go? They said, yes, I can go. You're able to get student finance. So me thinking, yeah, I can go, I can go to uni. I went, and then I think the laws must have changed at the time. So I went, and then when I got there, September, no student finance. October, no student finance. All the way until March, I did not get nothing. All my savings that I had, gone. Because <laughs> I spent it on just trying to survive at uni. And then I got to March time now, and then the uni go to me, or, or student finance go to me, you can't get student finance for this year, you have to leave. And I was like, what did I take all these exams for then? What do you mean I have to leave? They were like, nah, sorry, you got to leave. And then the uni said to me, you still have to pay the tuition. And it was no longer a home student tuition. It was international tuition. So it was like 12K. And they were telling me I had to pay the accommodation I was staying at that I used my savings to pay for. Now I had to pay the leftover of that. And then student finance explained to me, oh yeah, you have to be in the country legally three years before you can get our student finance based on our new rules. And I was like, so no one told me this for how many months? At that time, I was... I was depressed. I was depressed. Like, I didn't realize at the time, but I really was. At the time, all I was doing when I got kicked out was I went home, I was at my sister's house, and then I was just in my room. Didn't speak to anyone. I barely ate. I barely did anything, really. I went to work. That was it. And I think it was mainly because, like I said, instead of dealing with my problems or really getting to know God at this time, I was just trying to use life as a way or use education as a way to let it all out. And then when I didn't work out for me, I had nothing. So I remember signing up for this thing called Camp America while I was at uni. And obviously I'd started paying for it because I believed that, oh yeah, I'm going to get student finance. I'm working as well. So I, 
I was like, I still have a little money, I can pay for it. But obviously I get kicked out, my money's gone. And then I, did, I was like, do you know what, I don't even want to go anymore. And my sister, I will always say, God must have spoke to her. Because if I didn't go, I feel like I would have done something to myself. She decided to pay for the whole thing for me and sent me to America. How much was it? It was, altogether, it was like 800. I'd only paid like 200 pounds. So she paid 600, near enough 600 for, just for me to go. And she was like, don't worry about it. Just go. Um, and I have family over there as well. So she was like, you can go and visit your family. And one of my family, two of my family members are really into Christ. So when I was out there, they took me to church and stuff like that. So when I went there, these kids and stuff, I was a counselor slash, um, I was doing training. So my degree that I'm doing right now is sport exercise science. So I was training athletes out there, but it was also a Christian camp. So on most days we'd have Bible study and these kids would ask me questions about God. And I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> so I had to go and actually study for myself. And in studying for myself, I found out what the word actually says about me, and me as a person and that God never left me. And by the time I went to that camp and I, I was there for three months, when I came back in September, I left in May and I came back in September-ish, I think the early part of September. One, I didn't feel depressed anymore. Two, I hadn't heard from the uni about paying that £12,500. Debt completely gone, depression gone. And when I got home as well, I still had to pay for the uh, the accommodation. But when I got home, I went to the local basketball club that I normally went to and someone offered me a job. And just like that, I had a job. Within one week of being back in the UK. Wow. God was so good to me and faithful. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I still, even at that point, I still wasn't serious, serious with God. <laughs> like, I've been like, wow, God did so many things for me, but I was still going about my life. I wasn't taking it too serious and that stuff. And it wasn't until I met someone at work who's now one of my really, really close friends. I met her at work and then um, she invited me to her church. And through going to her church, she invited me to her uni church now. And I went to her uni church. And it's called Imprint. It's in Leicester. My God, I don't know who this guy was that came, but this guy came and he was giving a message. And he was like, God wants to heal you from everything that you've ever been through. He was doing an altar call and I was like, I'm not trying to go up there. I don't want to go. And then she was like, just go, just go, just go. And I was like, stop trying to force me to go. I don't want to go. She pushes me. And obviously I woke up to the front and the guy starts praying. And I swear to you, he touched me, I dropped. I lost all energy in my body. And I didn't even believe in that type of stuff. You know when you see these people rolling around on the yeah. floor and doing and you, think, and you think it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't take it serious. But that was me that day. When I say to you, I was on the floor. I don't know how long for, but I was in the fetus position. And I was crawled up. Every time I tried to get up, I just couldn't even move. And then God began to show me a vision. And he showed me that when I was in that house with that woman, that I used to cry myself to sleep every night. Because I would always be like, oh, where's my sisters? They don't care about me. There's my mom. She doesn't care about me. And I'd cry, 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 cry. But every time before I fell asleep, I'd feel a peace and then I'd sleep. And then he showed me all those times and he showed me that he was there each and every time. And that is why I was able to sleep and go back to days. And he was just showing me through every aspect of my life how he's kept me. Like how every path that I could have gone down, like most of the statistics for people that have been in care is not very good. Not many people go to uni. Not many people have a job. I am where I am now because of God. And that, that's point blank. From that day, I couldn't live my life the same anymore. And I have not heard from the uni about that. I've restarted university. I have a job. He's just been blessing me. Like from that day onwards, since I accepted Christ fully into my life, I'd been baptized. I've been able to speak in tongues, but I wasn't living it. You know how you are saying like you, you believe in Christ, but people kind of still trying to go about their lives. But when that, when that moment happened to me and he showed that he was with me and I realized that, I'm broken. I need help. And he was doing a work on me. And like I said to you, 
it wasn't up until last year that I actually sat down in the car. I, I can't even remember where we were going. I think we might have been going to London to see my other sister. And I didn't even know what made me say it, but we we're just talking about stuff. And then she was like, so what? Because I think they knew something happened because I changed from the kid I was. I became a completely different kid. I became very quiet. I became very like, I just sat by myself. I didn't talk too much. And I'd always want to be outside with my friends. I never wanted to be alone. And I was never like that. So I think they knew something happened, but they just couldn't put a finger on it. And then I spoke to her and I told her everything that happened and she began to cry. And she was like, I'm so sorry I couldn't have done something for you. And I was like, well, you couldn't have done anything because I said nothing. And one thing I used to remember is that even when I wanted to tell her, the woman would be sitting there next to me while I was on the phone to my family, listening to everything I'm saying. And I remember one of the things that scared me from actually saying it as well was her brother threatened to kill me. <laughs> so I, I was so scared to say anything at the time. And uh, when I told her and then I told my oldest sister, I think she took it the hardest because she's always been the one that looked after me and my, my other sister. And when I spoke to her about it, she was like, I am so glad like you found Christ. She doesn't even go to church herself, but she said she's so glad because the way I was and the way I was going, it wouldn't have ended very well for me. And she was like, I'm so glad you are where you are because they say it, but I'm her favorite sibling. <laughs> so she was like, I would have been really hurt if you were gone. And then everything began to be like put into perspective for me. It's like, it's not that they weren't there. It's that circumstances didn't permit it and that God was there for me. And God was showing me that my testimony would be used to help other people that have been through similar situations. Like there's so much in it. There's depression, there's anxiety, there's abandonment. And there's all things that God is like, he's still teaching me to overcome. Do you get I me? Mean? It's not a one day fix all kind of thing. It's a step-by-step -step God showing you where you're hurt and where he's trying to heal you, where he's trying to take you. So yeah, that, that's my testimony in Christ. And since that day, I can say that I'm a happy person, very happy and my life has never been the same. Wow, no. that is a powerful testimony. Like just having you on here as well, like you are so humble and you're so calm and at peace like you're just talking to you i can say that you're obviously like a really nice person so i just wanted to <laughs> tell you that first of all um, have you spoken to the um lady like, no i haven't been able to actually get in contact with her okay. i don't know where they're at I don't even know the whole family like i genuinely just tell her i forgive her you forgive her for everything yeah That's because good. like i said to you i based on who she was before mm -hmm. i can't see why she'd end up becoming like that and it turned everyone whenever someone does something it's usually something's happened to them yeah. to become like that someone isn't born a murderer no one's born an abuser something happens in their life to make them that way mm -hmm. so yeah that's amazing and um do you have any advice for anybody who's out there who's obviously experienced what um, you experienced i would say you're not alone mm -hmm. that's the first thing that's the first concept you need to get into your head because you know sin thrives by itself when when you're alone and you're dwelling on your thoughts and anxiety, anxiety, fear, and depression is literally just your mind thinking about one thing over and over and over again, and you can't get out of that spiral. But the first step is to realize you're not alone and you need to talk to someone. There are counselors, especially in the Christian community. If you need a counselor, speak to a counselor. One person that I speak to is my pastor, Pastor K. He's like my dad. <laughs> it's like, I've never really had like a father figure in my life, but if, if I could say anyone was, it would be him, because I know even though I don't really speak to him that much, if I wanted to, I could go to him and speak to him and pour out. So that's the first thing. One, you need to recognize that you need help and that you're not alone. And two, seek for help. And if you're still in a situation where you're being abused by someone, 
I know it's going to be the hardest thing of your life, but you need to remove yourself from it. That's true. And obviously, um, throughout this whole recording, you spoke about how you weren't able to speak up. And I feel like a lot of people don't speak up. But obviously, even if it is not to anyone high up, just speak to anybody about it, you know, because you spoke about how it was always in you for a long time. And you just kept it there. And it made you angry, made you depressed, and made you um, anxious. So I feel like speaking is a huge thing. Even if it's just like, like for me personally, you spoke about how when you went to uni and they told you that you weren't able to have the um, finance that happened to um, me as well and it was at a point where I was like you know what like god I've done everything that you've um, told me to do and now I can't even go to uni like what's happening you know so obviously like at night time I would always just talk I'll just talk even if like I'll just hear on my own I'll just talk because the leak is coming out you know and um, I just think it's important to just speak even if it's just on your own to yourself praying anything just talk about it (laughs) You know, what you're saying is so powerful because um, what the scripture says about words is that there's life and death mm. in the power of your tongue. Absolutely. And if I didn't speak up, I would have been choosing death. I would have been in choosing anxiety and fear and depression. Speaking up is one of the hardest things because I think a lot of the times, like, for example, on the day when I told you that the, hit the pinnacle and then I, she ended up kicking me out, I can't remember what happened. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's my mind, like, kind of blocking it out because yeah. it was a tra- traumatic experience. Yeah. But that's what you have to overcome. Mm-hmm. You need to still speak, even though your mind is trying to protect yourself mm-hmm. from what's happened. It's happened. You need to process it and talk. Because if you don't talk about it, you're never going to be able to overcome it. That's true. You're going to live in the same cycle that you've always lived in throughout your whole life. Life is about cycles. And if you're stuck in one and God's not in it, mm-hmm. there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. There's a problem. So find someone to speak to. It doesn't need to be the police straight away. Mm-hmm. If you need to speak to just a friend that you trust straight away, mm. then speak to that friend. And it's through speaking to people that you'll be able to um, let it out. Mm. Example I'll give is that I actually told, um, do you know how I said I, I met a close friend mm. through work? I told her before anyone else. Through that, I remember even giving that testimony at my church mm. after that. Then I ended up telling my sisters. Yeah. So, just so I don't think overtime. if I, yeah, over time, you'll be able to, let out more things and now it's, it's even on my instagram i never thought the day i built to tell people that because you know as a guy sometimes people tell you you have to be strong you have to be this you have to be that and then to sit there and tell people i went through this it's hard and let's take a guy out of it as a human being to be vulnerable to people is hard it's not easy it's something that god had to show us how to do by sending jesus on the cross to be vulnerable before us people mocked him people laughed at him. people spat at him and said oh if you're the son of god why not send your angels down and set you free right now? That's hard, but God did it to show us an example of how to do things. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on to the podcast. You have literally blessed us here today. I am so grateful. I'm so thankful that God really allowed the Holy Spirit to show me you on Instagram because this is a very, very important topic. And I feel as though I need to explore this topic a lot more. And the topic is literally about just men being a lot more vulnerable and open. You know, a very important scripture that really came to mind um, after hearing you speak was John chapter 11, verse 35. And it says, Jesus wept. And this is such an important scripture because literally it has its own verse it literally has its own verse which obviously shows importance you know society teaches us that men shouldn't cry that men shouldn't show emotion that men should be 
you know, leaders and everything else. And that's completely fine if he's a leader, but it doesn't mean that a leader can't be vulnerable. It doesn't mean that a leader can't show emotion. It doesn't mean that a leader can't be in touch with his emotions. Jesus wept. For our Lord Jesus Christ to weep, to cry, that is a huge statement in itself. And I feel like a lot of men need to really hear this. Not only men, but right now I'm targeting men because I feel like a lot of men would rather be in a situation rather than speak about it. And what I mean by that is sometimes they have fear of like judgment. Sometimes they have fear that, you know, people won't, you know, understand or people would judge them. But it's not about that. And as Kevin spoke about, Jesus came to show us not only about about us overall in general, but also about men that you are able to show emotion. You are able to be vulnerable and you are supposed to be. Because you are a human being and people are supposed to be able to relate to you. But for anyone who's new to this podcast, the whole purpose of this podcast is to evangelise, to fellowship, to bring people to Christ, to show people that you are able to overcome anything. This is not just a podcast for um, women of God. This is a podcast for every person, every human being that walks on this earth. More men need to share their stories. More men need to. Because at the end of the day, by us sharing our experiences, that would allow other people to overcome what they are going through, for allow other people to know that, you know what, you do have a voice and you should use this voice. You know, God is always there with you. Just because you're a man, it doesn't mean that you can't be in touch with your emotions. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you are less of a man. Honestly, it does not mean that at all. And we need to change the way in which we think about how we view men in our society. Society, stop telling boys that they shouldn't cry. Stop telling boys, oh yeah, be strong. Okay, cool, he's strong. But crying does not mean that you aren't strong. It's just you allowing your emotions to be released. And ladies, (laughs) stop making men feel less of a man just because they're real about their emotions. You know, this is something to be celebrated. Like I know a a lot of guys who would rather, you know, not open up about things and who would rather deal with things on their own but are they really dealing with things no you are just masking your pain and the more you mask it the easier it is to just continue to suffer in silence like I I told my friend actually the other day that the enemy wants us to keep the things in the dark he wants us to continue to stay in darkness but we are not supposed to stay in darkness God said that we need to come out into the light and once things are in the light it's easier to overcome it like for example with Kevin Kevin's a great example like the more he spoke about his testimony the more he was able to overcome it slowly and slowly and slowly the more it came into the light it wasn't as scary anymore of course he went through a traumatic experience but he realized that you know what just by speaking about it just by allowing God to minister to him and to let God in that is how he was able to overcome so what are you experiencing right now what pain has the enemy succumbed you to what has happened in your life what struggles have you experienced that has kept you in this place remember Jesus went through the worst of it he went through the worst of it but guess what God rose him back up on the third day he's no longer in bondage he's no longer um in darkness he's no longer in a dark place God rose him up and that is the same way that God will rise you up out of your situation too come on guys I hope you're hearing this today because this ain't by accident this testimony 
was planned for whoever is hearing this today to come out of your situation, rise up today and take dominion over your life. Do not stay in that darkness. That is where the enemy wants you to be. That is where he wants to nibble away at every single thing that you have worked hard for. Know that you are loved and a very important thing that came to mind um, with Kevin was that he said that, you know, his plan was to go to uni. You know, he wanted to build his own family where they would love him. And that really did touch me because a lot of us are in a place where we don't feel like anyone loves us. We feel alone. We feel like the people who meant the most to us or mean the most to us are no longer there, who don't care about us and everything else. But I'm just here to tell you and to remind you, because I'm sure you already know this, God loves you. That unconditional love is what has kept you here today. He has incredible plans for you. And the fact that he still has you here, it just shows that, you know, he has things in store for you that will come at the appointed time. We may not see it now, but the moment you give your life to Christ, the moment you continue to read your Bible, the moment you continue to rely on God, the moment you continue to let him in, that is when, that is when things will literally make sense. Okay, yes, I had a very hard life. Job had a very hard life. But even though everything was taken from him, apart from his health, like the only thing he had left was his health, his life, God restored him 10 times over. So guys, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I honestly, I'm grateful for everybody who tunes in every single week. I hope that you're learning something. I hope that God is blessing you with these testimonies. It's definitely not easy, but you are not alone. We are all here. We are a community. We are here to fellowship and to be there for each other. If you need to reach out, honestly, reach out. I would love to hear from you. And if you do have a testimony, if you know anyone who has a testimony who could allow someone to unlock what the enemy has held them in for a long time reach out let me know I will record whatever time of the day whatever season whatever time zone this is an international podcast there is no discrimination for where you are from you know God made us all equally so every testimony from every walk of life from every continent from every place in the world is very much important we also have this episode available on YouTube if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel please go ahead and subscribe and guys please remember his word is God's word